I like to think of the universe, and then there's you know galaxies and solar systems. And as a marketer, I think it's super important that we focus on you know which galaxies are most opportune for us and which solar systems are the ones we're most capable of reaching. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. Here we go. So as Katie mentioned, I'm the, uh, I guess, Group VP of Product and Marketing at DMB Net Prospects. We were acquired about a year and a half ago, so it's fully 18 months, so I'm now part of the problem, not part of the solution at DMB. And I'm here to talk to you about how we approach the market, because being in the role that I'm in, I'm actually responsible for some of the solutions we bring to sales and marketing leaders, um, and also talk about how I worked with our CMO at, at DMB um, and a large team to embrace ABM and help pivot the company over the last six to nine months. So we're still early days, uh, but there's a fair amount of learnings that, that I want to impart with you that we experienced through the process around this whole account-based marketing account-based everything thing. If you guys do have questions, look, there's enough open seats here for me to say this. Raise your hand. Let's make this interactive. If you have something you want to dig in on, you don't necessarily have to wait to the end. And you still will get credit towards the treasure uh, on the stage. Um, I was told by the Terminus folks uh, to have three takeaways. So I said, well, then I'm going to put them in the front just to make sure people take away what I'm going to say throughout the next 22 and 22 minutes and 39 seconds. So these are the three. One is, look, account selection is, you know, super important. How you define the universe is the most important thing you can do, uh, I think, in marketing, in sales and marketing. And I don't like to think of the universe being everything. I like to think of the universe, and then there's, you know, galaxies and solar systems. And as a marketer, I think it's super important that we focus on, you know, which galaxies are most opportune for us and which solar systems are the ones we're most capable of reaching. And we set boundaries around those uh, and communicate those and get buy-in on those with the rest of the organization because it matters. I think it's also important to understand uh, the channels and the sales channels that you have and how they work. So just by show of hands, how many people are at a company that's lower than 50 million in revenue in the room? Okay, so a couple small to mid-sized companies and the rest of you all over 100, 50 to 100 million? So, I mean, I think it's easier for a company like Prospects to embrace ABM and just jump into it and deliver and change and pivot. It's harder when you get into companies of $100 million and more revenue because you have existing business, you've got a large, probably a large field organization, you've got different groups of people that go to market in different ways. And it's important to understand how those channels work and pick the channels that you are going to try to affect most with your ABM project uh, because you can't be everything to everyone. And obviously, you have to understand how the business operates in a current state environment. And then again, to that point, you got to set a boundary around the things you're going to do. You know, we did this at DMB um, very explicitly. We wanted to be communicative about the things we were going to focus on for the first wave of this account focus. Uh, and so everybody knew what we were doing and, and would hold us to account for the things that we had prioritized, not you know, everything that they could read about, about what ABM might be. Um, so those are my three takeaways, and I'll get into that uh, through, the, you know, through the session. So who is DMB? Who's 
Everybody familiar with DMB? If you're not familiar with DMB, just raise your hand. Okay. At its essence, DMB is really a data and intelligence company for businesses, for B2B-focused businesses. So we do a ton of work to collect and aggregate and govern and link business entity contact data and intelligence. And we use that data in a lot of different ways with our customers um, across a lot of different types of organizations within the customer from risk and who do we want to do business with and who should we extend credit to all the way through to sales and marketing and how do I reach my most profitable customers and grow those relationships over time. You know, our core capabilities after we've amassed this data is really in data mastery, right? So how do you make sure that the data you have is current and accurate and actionable? Um, And then analytics expertise. So how do you use some of the analysis that we're able to provide to pick the right segments of data and make the right decisions about data moving forward. And then at the top of the pyramid, and I'll talk about this a bit further on, you know, we are embedded in a lot of different systems that people use every day. So if you listen to uh, the salesforce.com presentation earlier uh, today, you know, we're embedded in data.com. That's DMB data that's propagated up inside of Salesforce already. So a lot of our capabilities are already lit up in some of the systems that you and your, and your teams use today. But that's who DMB is. So I was also told to make sure I had a funnel slide. You know, everybody's got a different view of the world. Uh, we look at the wheel on the left, uh, or my left, your right. You know, I think the funnel and the wheel are similar, definitely in their color palette. Um, so that was good. Uh, I didn't have to doctor anything to make it not look that horrible. But I actually think they are complementary, right? Uh, I think they both are telling a story about how do you focus at the top of your customer journey on people that matter. And also that the customer journey doesn't end with the sale. It is a virtuous cycle we like to think of, of you know, identifying the people you want to do business with and attracting and engaging them, selling them, and then expanding your relationship with them over time and using that intelligence to drive the next swath of customers you should go out and pursue. So in my mind, they are you know, very much complementary. And so I had to drop in a stepbrothers reference here because it's important for me to use stepbrothers wherever I can. And the guys at Terminus are partners of ours. We work very closely with them. They use a lot of our data uh, inside their account targeting digital advertising capabilities in their platform. So check on having the funnel in the slides. When we think about data and technology, I think of those as being the operating system and the application layer in your marketing process. And you know, when you're thinking about surrounding the customer and having you know, a, a customer-first approach to how you go to market, the technology layer is a lot of times what's going to be the interface that the customer experiences, but you're going to need to link data across that experience. And the better you are at the foundational aspects of the data you have, the, the foundational entity and contact data inside of your systems, the better able you'll be to hang important pieces of data like purchase history or behavioral data, installed technology, whatever it might be, can be appended and hung off of a good core foundational data set that is the right data set for you and and what you're trying to drive in your business. So that's kind of how we look at data and technology as it relates to the customer experience. So I want to talk a bit about our experience at DMB embracing ABM. When we were acquired, when NetProspects was acquired, i got to use the right pronouns uh, now that I'm part of DMB, back in uh, January of 2015. You know, we got plugged into this process uh, during the due diligence and acquisition 
around the rebrand that Dun Bradstreet was going forward. So um, DMB's brand mark used to be this quite hideous gold lighthouse looking thing that was circa 1940, I want to say. And the company had never really had a CMO until uh, about a year before we were acquired um, and hadn't really had a core brand purpose that was driving the business and the way that we interacted with the market across all of our focuses. So there was a, it was interesting getting acquired and walking into this new brand launch for a company that was 175 years old. And really, we felt super over-rotating on this new brand they were going to launch. But having gone through it, it was really important that we got it right. And we did a bunch of research and a bunch of work to make sure that we had a really crisp and thoughtful um, brand purpose, brand mark, and message we wanted to tell the market. And I think the team did a, a fantastic job. It was a little bit of navel-gazing, and we quickly realized coming out of the new brand when we launched it that, look, we got to drive demand, and, and now the marketing team needs to focus less on getting this new brand launched, which is what everybody in marketing was talking about when they acquired us, to how do we take the brand to market? How do we engage with people that we want to do business with? How do we drive pipeline for our sales reps? And how do we drive revenue for the company? And you know that was kind of an eye-opening experience where we went from, okay, we've done the brand, now we need to go and drive demand. Uh, so we knew what we were doing with the brand and the culture. We had, you know, in the middle, we had really focused on a persona strategy with how we uh, messaged to market. So we had core personas around the areas of the business that we focused on. We had content aligned with that. We had teams aligned with those personas. And the next step for us was, okay, how do we activate this stuff in market? Um, what are we going to do to go and drive demand? And for that, the answer was we want to focus on this account-based marketing approach, particularly in the top tier of our market. So the tier one and tier two companies, which encompass in North America, give or take seven or six or 7,000 accounts in the North American market. And there were three things we wanted to make sure we did with that. One was focus on the right accounts. Two was pick uh, the right ways to attract and engage with those accounts through digital mediums and personalize uh, the experience they had with us from an advertising website and lead capture perspective, as well as nurturing. And then we wanted to focus on uh, high-touch in-market events uh, that drove the sales conversation to pipeline and close, right? So those were kind of the big three areas. Pick the right accounts, personalize the experience through digital mediums, and work on an engagement process in the field where we could sit down with a customer and deliver personalized content or highly directed content to them in in-person events, workshops, and sales, uh, sales discussions. So, you know, this is, this is where we spent most of our time, using data as, like I like to say, our operating system for ABM. And we looked at, it's hard probably to read this, this slide, uh, there are two sides. One is our existing customers, and the other one is net new prospects. And we looked at it in North America, so we divided it in the U.S. and Canada. And then we did that line in blue, which is super important, right? So in the, in the uh, existing customer set, in the U.S. market, there's about 2,200 customers that we have. Uh, I obfuscated the specificity here, so I wasn't too explicit with the number of customers because someone at DMB, trust me, would yell at me <laughs> for doing that. But that's too many people to focus on, right? You can't run account-based marketing to 2,200 companies, even at our size. You just can't do it. So we employed this analytic filter where we looked at propensity, penetration, and demand as ways to derive the best accounts for us to focus on. And you can see down at the bottom, again, it's hard to read, things bubbled up to the top, 
right? So we used important data sets like not just the firmographics that everybody knows DMB for, but M&A activity, change, spend analysis. Because we collect so much information about the way companies do business, we know a lot about who's paying quicker, who's paying slower, who's spending more money, who's spending less money as compared with other peers of theirs in the same market space. So, um, so we used a lot of those critical data sets to drive these propensity penetration and demand models and select the right customers. And we got down to a set of hundreds of customers, which was far more manageable for us when we looked at our field organization. We could manage account-based marketing to our tier one and tier two verticals with three or 400 accounts across a fairly large sales organization of about three or 400 sales reps. So it was much more uh, manageable for us. And this was really where we spent the bulk of our calories uh, with this ABM approach. And I know I've been to a couple sessions today. You know, the, the Salesforce session was interesting because they went through, he was presenting, and actually he was presenting how they went through account-based marketing to drive data.com business into the Salesforce customer base. And it's just amazing because data.com is actually powered by DMB. So I was like hearing him talk about how he was going to drive DMB data through data.com to people that should be buying data.com inside the Salesforce community. And they obviously spent a ton of time on account uh, selection. And I think, you know, it sounds mundane, but there's no bad cycles here. Spend as many cycles as you need to get to the right accounts. You won't be frustrated that you, that you did that. The second piece I talked about was how do we align our acquisition efforts with those target accounts? So for those that weren't doing business with us, or didn't have a relationship with us in the sales and marketing space, how do we reach them and make sure we attribute um, our marketing spend to bringing them in and acquiring them uh, onto our digital properties? And to do that, we used uh, a lot of our DUNS-based data, which has been activated online for programmatic advertising capabilities. So the way that you digitally display ads in people's browsers uh, so that they see a message that you want is powered by our DUNS system now. And we were able to use our digital data driven by the DUNS and our account specification to advertise digitally to the accounts that we were seeking to acquire, right? And when they did show up on our website, after we had hopefully driven them there, or at least encouraged them to go there on their own, uh, we used our IP intelligence technology to personalize the experience. So to serve them content that we knew was relevant to them based on the company they were at and the persona we were able to map them into, and then also to go back out and re-advertise, not only to retarget them after they left our site, but to retarget others in that account that hadn't been to our website. So a lot of this was really just delivering density versus reach. And I think that was an important goal for us. How do you be very dense in terms of your, your message to the focus market that you're going after? Uh, and we were able to, to leverage a lot of our own, frankly, our own data and our own capabilities in order to do it. And then after we get them on the site, let's make sure that we facilitate the lead capture process and only ask them a couple questions and append the data that we already have about their company uh, on the back end so we know um, how to deal with them and how to classify them uh, inside of our ABM initiative. All right, so that was, that was a big, you know, a big uh, learning for us, and it seems to be working fairly well. Uh, there was a big relaunch of our brand website uh, following the brand launch, and a lot of the technology was built with this personalized experience in mind uh, so we could deliver that uh, to our web visitors. And then the last piece I talked about was this in-market event. So this, these are just the four categories that we 
we, we put around our ABM core program. So Inform and Nurture was really where we were focusing on the digital experience. But then Learn and Build, Explore and Expand and Accelerate and Grow is really how we engage, you know, convince people to do that we are the right vendor and then prioritize the project so they move through to sale. You know, I apologize if you can't read. But really, the, uh, the big one on Learn and Build was focus on both our own events and the events we were going to, like this one or Dreamforce or Marketo or Serious Decisions, uh, as a way to add um, an in-person way to connect with a group of people that we knew were within our target accounts and work with the sales teams to invite them to dinners and do you know, specialized meetings around those events uh, so that we can engage uh, with them. The Explore and Expand, we focused on two things there. One was uh, delivering some product experiences to the customer so that they could get intelligence from us about the current state of their data or some of their best segments in market based on us analyzing their data for them. And then to take that into customized workshops for that customer specifically, where we would bring people from our marketing operations team, people from our executive team, as well as the field uh, rep who own the account, to the customer site to do half-day workshops on the ways in which they could leverage data to drive their own marketing initiatives, whatever that may have been. And then the last one was to work with a couple, uh, a couple agencies on high-value ROI tools that we could deliver back to the customer coming out of those workshops. Uh, that would help them move from deciding we were the right vendor to, to do business with to prioritizing that spend over all the other spend that they had in their marketing ask list, which is always a challenge, right? You know that people want to do business with you and they've maybe mentally selected your brand as their desired vendor, but getting them to prioritize the project uh, internally is always the last and sometimes the longest step. So we wanted to focus on tools that our sales team could work with the customer and our champion to drive internal buy-in on the project. So those were kind of the big, you know, the big three areas that we, that we focused on. And you know, I think we're doing fairly well with this. Again, it's early days. We're about you know, six to nine months in from when we launched this. Uh, I can tell you that we've measured over the course of the last three quarters, we've driven about $150 million in revenue, or in, uh, sorry, in pipeline. We've closed, I think, $39 million last time I checked before I came down. $39 million in, uh, in revenue from that pipeline, closed one. Uh, about $40 million has been closed loss. And then there's another $60 million-ish, uh, which is in, you know, still deciding. And, you know, candidly, I wish we had better metrics before we started the project. But I think it's a, a challenge at big, older companies like Dun & Bradstreet, and I'm sure some of you are at big, older companies as well, where some of the rigor around metrics and, and system measurement aren't maybe as sophisticated as in smaller, more nimble, uh, more progressive companies. Um, and our goal here is to take that as a benchmark for the next year and see how we can continue to increase that number over time. We did have some specific goals around account engagement, so how many times we touched uh, one of our target accounts. The number on the bottom right there is 261. So of the 359 target accounts we had in tier one, we touched about 261 of them in a meaningful way through our ABM efforts. Uh, so we felt like that was uh, a good coverage number for us. And then we had some specific goals around the tactics that we wanted to employ, whether they were customer success stories or uh, custom workshops or those executive networking events around uh, larger events in the market. Um, so those are the ways that we, were me- we, we, are, we are continuing to measure um, our account-based marketing uh, efforts at DMB. This is really the way that we think about 
telling our customers that they can use DMB、um, as a foundational part of their account-based, you know, everything initiative, whether it's marketing or sales or some combination of the two. You know, working from your left to right, you know, data stewardship and the maintenance of your core foundational data, you know, not to be overlooked. Right? Nothing is truer than knowing that if you have data, you probably have data quality problems. And making sure that you have some method for stewarding and maintaining that data over time is extremely important. The Duns number, you know, we hate to focus too much of our story on that, but really, it is the fiber that connects. All of the account information we have, and all of the ways that accounts relate to other accounts in the universe, which is very important, I think, in an ABM initiative, because there's a lot of people,、uh, or a lot of、uh, a lot of companies、uh, at the top of the pyramid that have subsidiaries and account relationships with each other, and being smart about that and, and intelligent about how you use that、uh, can really help you break through the door. If you're doing business in one department, you know how do you use that as leverage to do business in another in another department. You know our ability to pump data into the systems, our scale and reach, and an emerging way, our way, our ability to use our analytics capabilities and pre- present those to our customers so that they can be、uh, much more informed about the companies、uh, that they focus on、uh, in the market. And that's really, you know, we used it internally to a high degree when we did our account targeting and account-focused exercise. And we work with customers every day、uh, to sit down and work with them on what defines their. You know, ideal customer profile, and how do you use that data to go find other people that look like that ideal customer profile, and then make sure that you have that data at your fingertips as you go and execute on your ABM initiatives. All right. So back to the takeaways: be careful with universe definition. You know, focus on galaxies and solar systems versus universe. Understand your channels.、Uh, everybody's got different nuances there, and. You know, for bigger companies, it can be more challenging. Pick pick the ones that are most opportune, and and figure out how you're going to work with them discreetly. And then, you know, as I've heard in a lot of the sessions today, be communicative about where you're going to focus because you can't do everything. You know, even at a big company like DMB, resources aren't unlimited, so you need to pick the areas you're going to focus on and and let people know where the where the effort will be. So, Go ahead, Brian.、Uh, about the web personalization.、Mm-hmm. So, it, look, you weren't personalizing it by company. Was it by industry or company? What level of personalization did you do? Because I can't imagine you do two hundred separate homepages. No, well, no. By industry, and then did you find that when you personalized it,、uh, the engagement levels were higher, either session length or number of pages versus generic、yes. pages? Yes. So. So、uh, the answer to the, la- the second part of the question is yes. Our engagement statistics are up across the board. Duration, depth, and capture rate is up across the board. Where we are using personalization versus where we aren't. And a lot of people arrive at our website that we just can't determine who they are. But the ones that do arrive, we do know what company they work for. And there are parts on our website where we do employ the company in some of the content that we present. But a lot of it is around what industry they're in or what size of company they are. To present the right offers for content or next steps through the site, so we do both. I think probably most of the time it's more generic at the industry level versus at the specific company level. Hi, Derek. Can you talk a little bit about how you worked with sales to deploy your ABM programs, and in particular,、um, I don't know if you had a situation where you've got an account with multiple sales reps who are representing different solutions.、Mm-hmm. Did you try to include all of them, or did you、uh, put in place a program that just represented one product area? Yeah, so、uh, great question, and you definitely can get a beer for that.、Uh, 
Great question anyways, whether you wanted the beer or not. And Brian, you're welcome to a beer too, but if you want to pass it off, that's up to you. So uh, engaging with sales was critical. I mean, for us, we knew we have a very uh, specific segmentation of our sales force where we've got tier one and tier two account leaders. So it creates less confusion about multiple account leaders in a given account. Uh, We know the person that we need to work with. For our account-based marketing efforts, we did focus on sales and marketing solutions. So that aspect of our portfolio is as compared to risk or compliance or some of the other stuff that we sell at the company level. Um, So we knew the solution advisors, which are like the sales engineers, if you will, that we needed to engage to to kind of take the message forward. But from an account ownership perspective, it was very cut and dried for us. We don't have separate account owners for separate solutions within the same, you know, company. I actually just put a twist on her question once she said she was getting the beer. So I said, oh, how can I build on this? <laughs> um, but no, following up on the, on the sales point, so um, that was a great question about kind of the account ownership. I was going more towards, you know, definitely with the importance of defining the universe. Did you ever have to have any tough conversations with sales to where, like, you know, one sales manager gets wind of this new program that you guys are doing where you're paying all this attention to these yep. specific accounts yep. and you had to say, we kind of need to keep it at a certain scale. And unfortunately, you, know, you would certainly word it better than this, but your account doesn't fit. We did. I mean, on both sides, we had people come to us and say, I really think this account belongs inside of this small solar system you've defined. We're going to do account-based marketing to. And we were like, yeah, you're right. Let's, you know, they, they, they don't fit the ideal customer profile, but if I look at them more realistically about where they're going, if they're growing fast, or if uh, they are very much more sophisticated than others in their peer set, then we put them in. And we also had situations where people would say, I want to I run one of these workshops for this you know, mid-level account that might spend $25,000 with us, but we're going to go do a custom workshop for them. And we said, no, we just can't. You know, we can't do it. We gave them the materials. We said, if you want to go and sit down with your customer and bring your solution architect or your solution advisor in with you, then you know, here's the material. You know, please use it. But we did not include them you know, in the ring fence that we had created around the ABM initiative. Good question. So one, Brian, do you, want, do you want your beer? You're going to pass. You're a good man. Yeah, hi, Derek. A question on... Um if you think about the health of accounts, how healthy is that account? And, and I define health as, are they fully utilizing your product? Are they getting full value from it? Is there a lot of overhang on mm-hmm. underutilized licenses? A lot of these big companies, they, you know, there's a lot of people don't use the product. There's a lot of people use 2% of the functionality of the product. Um, so as you're kind of working through account-based marketing, is there any sense of really turning that account to be a more healthy account, making sure that clients are reaching their goals with your product? Or are you really just trying to drive new sales or incremental sales? Does that fit in uh, to the analogy? So it does. Um, and the way we dealt with that was there were accounts that we identified. We called them danger, danger accounts. But we didn't include them in the ABM set. But we did go and say, okay, what are we going to do with this account? They're clearly not using the product or they're clearly declining in their investment in the product over time. Let's make sure we go and throw our arms around that account and see if we can embrace them and bring them back to where they, they should be. But they did not get included in the, you know, in the ABM project because it was very much like you mentioned, we were looking for net new logos and cross-sell, upsell opportunities within our existing portfolio of customers as the target for the, for the program. 
Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.